You're listening to the Catching Clients podcast, where the smartest minds from the world of professional services and marketing come and share the strategies that they use to consistently attract and catch their ideal big fish clients so you can learn to do the same. So grab your gear and join me, Adam King, the captain at Think Like a Fish and creator of the client catching ecosystem, and let's go fishing. Before we dive into today's show, let me ask you a quick question. If I showed you how to add six to 18 clients a month without spending a penny on advertising, would you be interested? Because if you would, make sure you hook your free copy of my client catching sales roadmap. This is the roadmap for those who love what they do, they love their clients, but they don't have the time to sell. You'll discover how to systematically add six to 18 clients to your business every month without cold prospecting, buying expensive leads, or spending a penny on advertising. So go to www.thinklikeafish.co slash podcast roadmap and grab your free copy now. Okay, let's get to the show. Welcome to the Client Catching Podcast. And today I've got a, a really special guest uh, on the show. His name is uh, Andrew Dimsky. Now, I hope I'm saying the, uh, the Dimsky right, and I'm sure he'll correct me at the end um, or at some point if, um, if I haven't. But um, Andrew uh, co-runs a company called Zenpilot. And what they do is they help agencies develop their processes and systems so they can scale. Now, he and his business partner, uh, they started their agency, Guava Box, in, um, in a college dorm room. Now, that's university for us in the UK. But, um, you know, what, what he did, he did that with, um, with no book of business um, or corporate experience. So, as you can imagine, he learned a lot by trial and error. And by his own admission, he has plenty of the scars and bruises to show for it. Um, and, and that's really one of the reasons why he says he now helps others avoid what he went through by becoming obsessed with the question how can agency owners build a sustainable business that delivers amazing results for clients without taking over their lives? Now, Andrew's consulted with over 1,200 agencies. He's worked with businesses on six continents. He's interviewed 180 plus successful agency owners on his podcast, The Agency Journey. And he's personally invested over $700 of his own money building an agency project management tool from scratch. And what he's done is he's instilled all of these experiences and lessons learned into a concise process that allows agencies to win without reinventing the wheel. Um, but even if you don't run an agency, everything he does can easily be applied to any business that works with clients, which is why I'm really excited to welcome him on today's show. So, Andrew, hello and welcome to the uh, the Client Catching Podcast. Thanks, Adam. I'm excited to be here today, man. Awesome. Awesome. So I've just given a, a brief sort of overview of, of who you are, what you do, but um, why don't you, uh, you sort of give me a little bit more in your own words of, um, you know, what you do and what, to, you know, what it's taking you to get to where you are today? Yeah. I mean, the long story short is we help agency owners who started a business for some element of freedom where they didn't like the corporate background anymore. They wanted to set out on their own and kind of chart their own course, or they were a freelancer and they wanted to kind of increase the scope of their service. So they started doing more and more and working with collaborators and contractors and eventually build a team. And they've, they've got a business up to a point where it's making money but it can't run without them. And so we help them make that transition to kind of build a system that can operate without the owner being involved in it. And for any service business, you know, that's the desire, right? Is not to just replace a job, but to actually 
build an asset that can operate without you to free you to maybe take a vacation once or twice or <laughs> go start your next venture if you're the serial yeah. entrepreneur type, whatever it is. Um, but you can't do that without first putting your system into place and having the right processes to drive that system forward. Um, so my track is I help agency owners apply those systems uh, in their business. And um, I mean, it's a subject very close to my own heart. Uh, you know, <laughs> I can geek out with you on systems, I'm sure, for, for hours and hours. But um, yes. for anyone that might not be 100% familiar, what, what would you define as a system and, and what types of systems do you think that it's most important for um, agencies and service-based businesses to concentrate on having in the business? Yeah, it's a great question because you can get, well, first of all, processes and systems are buzzwords. So it's really hard to define a lot of times what are we actually talking about here. At the most fundamental level, what we need to do is figure out who are we serving? So what, who is our ideal fit client? What's the problem that they have that's irritating them or that's costing them a lot of money? And then how do we solve it? That's the simple recipe for positioning. Mm-hmm. But we start there when we think about systems because we want, we as humans build very complex systems. And the goal to get these to run efficiently without us as owners being involved is to make them as simple as possible. So we start first with those three questions. The third one being, how do we solve it? And when we mm-hmm. construct that solution, we want to say, what is the minimum viable input that produces the most consistent and predictable output. Right. Okay. So that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's almost like there is a system for creating the system. That's what keeps me employed, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it's, you know, as, as kind of almost meta as that is, it does make complete sense because it's about, from what I'm hearing, it's about sort of having an idea of where you want to get to be at, be mm-hmm. at the end and then yeah. almost working backwards. It is at the end of the day, because we, there's no lack of opportunity in the world. You know, as entrepreneurs, we see opportunity everywhere we look. We see problems that need solved. We see things that need solutions for them. What the world lacks is consistent execution. And so my role is to help creative agency owners peel back the layers of not what could you do for your clients, but what should you do for your clients? When you think about that third question, how do we solve their problem? We want to look at that through the lens of what are you uniquely gifted to do? What have you done for clients in the past that has delivered them great results? And only focus on what is the most impactful and the most essential deliverables or services within that category. Say no to 80% and yes to the 20%. And by doing that, you're reducing the complexity of your operation. If you only have to focus on systematically delivering 20% of what your team is currently creating today, think about how much more effectively you could create those things mm-hmm. instead of completing a process once a month and not doing it for another 30 days or 60 days, you create something that you're doing over and over and over again. It's like an athlete developing their swing. You know, you mm-hmm. can, if it's a tennis player or a golfer, golfer or baseball player, they practice that swing over and over and over again. They don't have 15 different things that they do. They do one thing and they get really, really good at it by repeating it over and over again. And that's how we create systems that can scale beyond our own creative nature as entrepreneurs by simplifying it, reducing the overall number of things being created 
so that the team can practice doing it over and over again. That mm. elevates the level of mastery. See, I like that sporting analogy because I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm uh, doing other people a disservice, but I think potentially while there's only a certain number of pro athletes that are at the peak of their game, mm-hmm. it's because they're the only ones that have been either regimented enough or disciplined enough or you know, coached or mentored enough mm-hmm. to just carry on doing those basics and do them over and over and over again until they have reached a level of mastery that mm-hmm. you know, the actual mechanics of how they hit the golf ball or they take a swing at the, you know, at the, uh, you know, the tennis ball as it's coming through that that's not the biggest problem that they have to deal with. They then have to deal with the mindset issues, which mm-hmm. come at being at the top of their game. Yes. And do you think that, you know, that's a similar thing and it's almost because that's boring. Mm-hmm. It's boring to do and have to do it every day and get up at six o'clock in the morning and do that kind of thing. And, yeah. and it almost strikes me that that's a similar thing when it comes to focusing on the systematic pieces of a business that somebody needs to focus on because mm-hmm. it's sexy. It's a little bit yeah. dull or it could be perceived as a little bit dull. Mm-hmm. Do you find that that's one of the things that people come to you and, and say? It, there is the fear that it will, it will grow stale. And I think it's kind of funny when people mm. tell me that. Um, there's also the fear that it's not going to work as well as what I'm doing right now. Because when you take this approach, you're putting yourself in a position to become expendable as the owner. And society treats us to view ourselves as inexpendable. You know, when you're trained in university, or you're trained in college to get a job, you want to be, you want, you want to develop a level of mastery over that job that means that the company can't operate without you. You need to preserve your place in the line. What we're trying to do is take the owner completely out of the equation and say, you're now indispensable. You might like, we go back to the athlete example here. There are, there are those athletes that just have a greater natural gifting than other people. Physically, they've got a different body type. They can run faster, jump higher, um, swim longer. You know, they've got a longer arm so they can swing a golf club in a different way. They're naturally predisposed to see success easier than some other people. Mm. For those folks, it's usually the hardest to develop those disciplined rhythms because it just comes easy to them. And I think in you know, in your school sports, when you go through high school and college, you see that more often than when you get to the pros, because to get to the professional level, you've got to have those elements of discipline. Mm. If you want to sustain there, natural talent can get you to a certain point. But what we've got to do is not just look at what is the talent. So you, know, you might be a very gifted communicator. And so you're really good at getting in a room with a client and closing a client and bringing that business back to um, the team, or maybe you're just a very creative person. So you can, you can, you know, create a, a nice graphic design project for a client. And you think that that is your unique gifting. Um, and so you just show up and you just do that. You've now just made yourself the rate limiting factor there. Mm. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, if you fail to approach your business as a just a, a process that gets repeated every single time and you think that you're the one, you bring the secret sauce, the sweet sauce that no one else can, 
you're going to, you're, you're limiting your ability to grow because you're, you're saying essentially I am essential for my clients to see success every single time. But in reality, if you take a step back, every owner, every entrepreneur, every expert is following a process when they interview a client. You know, there's certain things that they look for. There's certain questions they ask. They're digging in a certain way. And we just naturally do this. Like, it's just how we, we grow and we kind of behave in, in, in the wild, essentially. Um, the challenge is for an owner to be disciplined enough to think about, okay, how do I solve my client's problems? What questions do I ask? What am I looking for when I walk into a room? Um, we were working with a client just a few weeks ago that works with restaurants, like they're a restaurant growth consultant mm. and he can walk into a restaurant and right away, just like start pointing out things that they need to fix. And he said, Hi, I, I'm the only one that can do that. Like, how do I take this unique gifting, my collective experience and essentially clone that? And we had to walk them through the process of like, okay, let's say you walk into your prototypical client tomorrow. What are you looking for? Walk me through that process. Visualize it with me. Uh, like mentally, we were talking about like the mental side of this game. Visualize that experience and walk me through it. What questions are you asking? What triggers are you looking for? What things are you grading? Now we have a process that we can put in black and white that someone else in the team could follow. You know, we'll need to support that with additional education and background and follow-up process. But we've got something to build off of because we did that disciplined work mm. of analyzing how we as the experts go about solving the problems because i think something that you touch on there is is i think what i sometimes say is that we're not necessarily wired to create systems mm -hmm. partly because there's that fear of what a system is but also mm -hmm. partly because we're not really sure how we even go about doing the things we do you know it's not like learning to drive and you're so conscious of every single movement that you make whereas now you can jump in a car after been you know driving for 20 years and turn up where you're going and and you know kind of forget how you even got there which is exactly mm -hmm. you know slightly uh, slightly concerning considering how many people there are on the road these days <laughs> but, um yeah so when it comes to creating these systems and you talk about your process that you take people through would you mm -hmm. first of all before we look at what that process is uh, in a little bit more detail do you think this is something that people can just do on their own or would they benefit more from, you know, a guiding hand to show them how to pull what's out of their head and actually mm -hmm. put that into something that's tangible and usable? Mm -hmm. uh, you can surely build processes by yourself. It is harder. Um, I heard someone say it once that it's hard to read the label from inside the bottle. <laughs> when you're, when you're inside your business, it's really hard to have an objective view of everything that's going on. Mm. Um, so that's where a third party can come in and be an accelerator for you to just give you a different perspective and to help you address what are some, um, what are some false beliefs you might have about the results you deliver to your clients or the process that you follow to deliver those results. Um, what might be some ways that you're holding yourself back because you view yourself a certain way or you view your team in a certain way. There's just a lot of presumptions baked into how we view ourselves and how we work. And so a third party who has a process can come in and just, just streamline it so you can get to the result faster, uh, mm. spend less time wandering around, but also give you some insight into yourself and how you behave that you may not be able to get to 
completely on your own. Yeah, and and that does make sense. And again, thinking along the athlete idea, there's there isn't a, there isn't a world class athlete that hasn't had world class coaches. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I'm I'm a great believer in investing in coaching and training and, as well. So um, so when it comes to your process, um, how about are you able to give an example of um, a recent client or someone that has gone through your process where they were at the beginning? where they mm. wanted to get to and what it took for them to get to, the, to get there. And I know yeah. that you work specifically with agencies. What I might do afterwards is, is maybe put you on a spot and, and sort of almost, could you give an example of a different type of service business that could follow that similar process? Mm-hmm. So a, an example of a recent shift here is one of our, one of our UK clients came to us as an email marketing agency. Hmm. And so all that they were doing was doing like uh, different email campaigns, um, promotional campaigns, seasonal campaigns for e-commerce companies, some professional service companies, kind of anyone that used email to market, they would help them with that. Really good copywriter is the, is the owner. That's their unique gifting. Hmm. The problem was they had kind of filled up to the level of capacity that the owner had they couldn't bring on more clients. They were kind of spread thin and they were struggling to bring on other writers that would write in the same way that the owner would. It's very personal, like a writing style. Mm. It's like there's voice in there, there's method, there's framework. There's a lot that goes into that. Mm. And so they came in, they came to us and said, we need help documenting our processes so we can grow our team. So what timeout, let's kind of look at the business and figure out is the model that you're running today, a scalable model. Because most of my clients are fundamentally operating a broken business model because every single client that they work with receives a different collection of deliverables. Mm. And for some reason in the agency space and in the the professional service space, that's more acceptable than any other industry in the world. Mm. We would laugh at a manufacturing facility that one day created cars, the next day created pharmaceutical medication, the next day they built airplanes, and then the next day they built, you know, Fisher Price baby toys. Yeah, when you say it like that, it is completely ludicrous. Yet it's something that <laughs> the you know, service providers we do on a daily basis. Uh, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll kind of what what does the client come to us thinking they need, and then they will say, "Okay, we can do that. Let's go." Yeah, exactly. I can go learn that. Um, <laughs> and so, what inevitably happens is every new client you bring on, you know, you're you're filling up more and more of your capacity. And you're diluting the time, attention, and energy that you can give to your current clients. And so what results here is the most annoying, the noisiest, the most high-maintenance clients get the most of your time and attention. And the most well-behaved clients that perform the way they're meant to, that pay their checks on time, that don't ask any questions, they get the least amount of attention. And so you're left wondering at the end of the day, why are all of my good clients walking away and all of my bad clients staying with me? And how come every time I bring on a new client, I just feel more and more overwhelmed. And it's because of this phenomenon where we keep doing things that we're not, that aren't in our natural gifting. Mm. And so back to this email marketing agency, they were doing the same thing where every new client they bring on, well, yes, they were writing. And yes, those, that written copy was being sent through email. Every message was different. Every client type was different. Every campaign was different. And so what we did is we walked them through just an audit process of who are your best performing clients? 
and what assets are you sitting on that you might not even be aware of. And so we were able to identify the aesthetic clinic industry as, as a group of clients they had great success with. They had one client they'd worked with for over three years and grown the clinic by over 120,000 pounds. And that's a big impact for just email. Like that's all they're doing is writing emails for these folks. And so we said, okay, you're not an email marketing agency. You're an aesthetic clinic growth agency. Mm. Like that, is, that is how you carve out your own blue ocean. So from a positioning standpoint, you're not positioning yourself as a marketing agency anymore because a marketing agency is someone that the clients come to you and say, I want you to do this for me. Mm. And that's not, if we're trying to build a scalable business, we're not order takers. You know, that's, that's no way to build the business. You need to create that proven process and your proven process is just that third question. How do I solve my ideal fit clients costly problem? Mm. I take my expertise, my unique gifting, my experience in the industry, and I craft the most effective process, the most effective journey, if you will, from the client's state where they're stuck right now to the desired outcome where they're trying to go. And you can be a marketing agency, you could be a financial planner, you could be a, a, wealth, um, a wealth management company, it doesn't matter who you are, where are your clients today and where do they wanna go? Mm. Your only job is to master the path between those two points. Get them there as quickly and efficiently as possible. Make them feel safe and secure and known along that path. Because if you're trying to do anything else that falls outside the realm of that, you're diluting the attention that your clients get. Your business needs to be client-centric at the end of the day. If you're not obsessed with getting them results as fast as possible, then why are you even in the business? Mm. You know, there's other things that you can be doing. Um, so that's kind of the transformation that we help them go through. It's a positioning shift, but it's also massive clarity gifted because now when I think about growing that business, attracting new people to that, the journey that those people go on, it's all different. It all has a brand new light, a brand new flavor um, because of some hard decisions that were made in, in how the agency is positioned. So it's almost like you're leading someone down the path you know they need to go on, mm -hmm. but they yet do not know what that path looks like. All they mm -hmm. want, all they know is where they want to get to. Mm -hmm. It's almost like they don't really care how you do it. Exactly. And, you know, by, by, by having this process that you're sort of saying, Hey, I know where you are now. I've helped plenty of people get to where you want to go. Mm -hmm. This is the path that I take someone down. Mm -hmm. Rather than, as you say, being that order taker where someone comes to you and says, hey, I, uh, you know, I want some email marketing or, you know, I want you to, um, you know, sort out my pension or I want you to, you know, fix my books if I'm at a, you know, bookkeeper exactly. account or something like that. Mm -hmm. They actually don't, they come, I think a lot of clients will come to you with a, a preconceived idea about what they want. Mm -hmm. But that's only based on the knowledge that they have up until this point. Exactly. Whereas you as the service provider are in a position that you've helped multiple people in those, in their, in their same situation and you actually know a better way mm -hmm. and your system and your process is there to guide them down that sort of that realization journey mm -hmm. that says exactly. look, everyone's telling you, you need everything, you know, a, a million other things, but actually this is the fastest path to get you to the result that you want to. Mm hmm the most efficient way to get there. Here's, mm. here's the way it is. And your role as the owner now is to obsess on making that path as streamlined as possible. 
Mm. No longer are you tasked with the job of keeping up with all of your high maintenance clients. You now pull yourself out of the business and work on the business and your product is this process. Mm. So your role now is to continue to tweak and hone and improve this journey that you take your clients on. And what is so cool about this positioning is that the more times you run it, so the Mm. more clients you sell, the more efficient you and the team become at delivering this. It's like you're building muscle memory at this point Mm. because you're taking one system and you're running it over and over and over again. And you can, you can then hone it. You can optimize, you can test it, you can improve Mm. it. Whereas if you do something different for every client, you have nothing to test. There's no, there's no math or science involved there. You're just, you know, taking shots in the dark. And then it becomes a, it becomes an asset. It becomes something that actually, adds value to a business and uh, service business by their nature, they're, they're difficult to exit, for example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We deal with that a lot where, where people have been in the industry for 20, 25 years. They want to start thinking about retirement, but they realize that they only have a job and they may have a job that employs a few contractors on the side or maybe even a few employees, but that business fundamentally cannot operate without them being involved. They can't take a vacation without their laptop. They can't be at a, their children's sporting events without their phone out. Um, and that's what we want to avoid. If we're going through the pain and the struggle of building a business, regardless of what that business is, that business should serve you because mm-hmm. there's easier ways to go out and make money. If that's all you're in it for is money, you know, go work for somebody else, leave that job at work at the end of the day, live your life because you only have one mm-hmm. life to live. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to go down this journey of being an entrepreneur do the hard work of building the system so the business can operate without you in it. Now you've got the freedom to do what you want to do, whether it's start the next venture or if it's volunteer in your community, or if it's just be a mom or be a dad, whatever that thing is for you, the business should enable you to do that. It shouldn't pull you away from those things. Mm. If it is, there's a problem and Mm. it's costing you your most precious asset, which is your time. If only people taught that at uh, business school 101, yeah, you know, there'd be there'd be a hell of a lot less uh, people out there, you know, effectively creating their own job. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's um, I was just I went back to my university this past weekend and was on an alumni panel of entrepreneurs, and I was telling our journey and like you mentioned it, we were first an agency, then we started a software company, and now we're here doing process coaching and consulting what is the, what's the reason for all those pivots? Every pivot we made was a pivot toward our why. Mm. We're, we, my business partner and I are in business so that we can spend time together. We're college roommates. We were best friends in college. We played lacrosse together. So we started a business so we could keep hanging out after we left <laughs> university. And we wanted, we wanted our business to enable us to be with our families to volunteer in our church and volunteer with local sports teams and like do the give back in those ways. Mm. Every pivot we made was when we, we realized that what we were building wasn't serving that why mm. in one way or another. So we tweaked business model, we tweaked positioning, every pivot was okay. How does this, how does this serve us? And that, that can sound egotistical. That's not the point. The point is like, what is your stake in the ground? What is that one fixed point that you base all of your other decisions off of? And so for us, it was like, does this business allow us mm. the flexibility to, to do what we need to do? Whether that's just, yeah. You know, I, and I, like to travel. I, I 
I don't think that sounds, yeah, I don't think that sounds egotistical. It's, you know, you just, I cut you off when you started to talk about travel, but it is a bit like the whole put your oxygen mask on before helping others. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, good you know, you got into this business because you wanted to create something for yourself that would allow you to have a, you know, a, a network effect on, on, you know, being there and, uh, you know, helping others. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can't do that if you are literally glued to your desk, 16 hours a day, you know, inventing things from scratch every single time. Exactly. Um, and it's, it's why I, uh, I, I was very happy to get you on the show because I think this is such an important thing. And I do think it's one of the first things to look at if you think your business is broken. You know, what mm-hmm. are the systems that are breaking down? And maybe mm-hmm. that system is you. In most cases, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, talking of systems and, and, and things like that, when it comes to, you know, kind of creating, creating a system around catching clients, mm-hmm. what do you find for uh, agencies or, or maybe it's service business, what's the best way to systemize how they attract and catch clients? I love this. I'm a, I'm a marketer by training. That's my background. That's why I got into the agency space to begin with. And what is, what got, what gets me excited about marketing is that you have the ability to impact people and to give them value before they give you anything. Mm. You know, you, you lead first with that olive branch and that's Mm. where, that's what, that's what great marketing does. Um, Even if it's just, you make them laugh, you know, you, you give them, some value before they give you any value to begin with. And so I start every marketing strategy conversation the same exact way I start a, like a system process um, efficiency conversation is who is your ideal fit client? Be very specific and very detailed about who that person is. The more detailed you get, the more premium your brand can be. Mm. Identify who that person is. What is the costly problem that they are experiencing today that you are uniquely qualified to help them solve. Whatever creative, whatever industry you're in, you can answer that question. The third one, how do you solve it? What is your proven process to get there? The same exact questions. Now through the lens of a, of a marketing strategy, how do we catch these clients? When we know exactly who we're serving, we can get to know them really, really well. We can interview them. We can understand what questions do they ask at the beginning when they've just realized their pain. We can ask them questions around, you know, as you're evaluating solutions to this pain, what questions are you asking at that point? And then when you're deciding on how to solve this problem, what questions are you asking at that point? We can kind of track them through the buyer's journey because we know who they are. We can identify where do they hang out online are there Facebook groups where these people hang out? Are there in-person physical meetups and gatherings and associations where they're gathering? Are there conferences where these people get together and this is how this tribe hangs out? Mm. Um, the, the more you know them, the more you can find the places where they're already gathering. Mm. And so your job then is not to necessarily build this massive um, movement behind you. You may get to that someday, but first, you just show up where they're hanging out and you start helping people out. Mm. Um, you spend time in those Facebook groups. You show up at those events. Um, you listen to those podcasts. You read those blogs and books and just immerse yourself in their world mm. because, again, the, the, the service-based business 
should always be client centric where you're obsessing around helping that client get from where they are to where they want to be. And that is the intersection of the unique problems that they're facing and your talents and your services and your deliverables. You bring those two things together and you fuse it into this experience that no competition can touch because it's uniquely you. You know, it's your proven process. It's how you walk them through that journey and you can create marketing to that audience that resonates with them because you're talking about things that keep them up at night. You're mm. giving them resources and checklists and tools and information that helps them along that journey. And so tangibly, what can we do here? I love podcasting. It's my favorite medium for, for growing a business. I love video podcasting um, because it allows me to do, to create one asset and then repurpose that asset in multiple different mediums. Hmm. If I record a video interview, like, like what we're doing right now, I can take this and I can stream it into a Facebook group. I can stream it onto my Facebook page and I've created one asset there, a piece of live content. It's yeah. also being recorded. So I can take that and trim it and edit it. And I can put it on YouTube. I can put it on Facebook. I can trim it way down and put it on Instagram. Um, I can do a lot of different things with that. I can strip out only the audio and turn that into a podcast and put that out on my podcast RSS feed. If we do an interview and if you're focusing on a niche or a group of people, an interview podcast or blog series or video series is the best thing you can do because you're tapping into people that already have an audience. And so not only are you creating content, but you're tapping into their audience and no one who's on a show isn't at least interested in telling other people that they were on a show. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um, so they elevate your content for you. Um, and, and so, that, yeah, I think um, well, that actually is, is almost going to hijack um, one, one thing that I was going to ask. And, uh, and, and I ask each, each person that comes on and that is, and I probably think I know what you're going to say, and I'll tell you if it was, um, you know, if, if it came to, you know, having to start everything again, knowing you, knowing what you know now, mm -hmm. when it came to starting from scratch, um, let's, let's park the systems bit for a, for a moment. But if you had to start from scratch with mm -hmm. no money, no list, no nothing, what's the one thing that you would focus on as a, as, as a, as a tactic for, say getting your first and second and third client. Mm -hmm. Can I ask a follow-up question? Sure. Do I know, do I know who I'm, who I'm serving and what I'm offering at this point or am I? Yeah. Let's, let's say you've got that figured out. Um, okay. You've gone through that first part of your process. I'm going to, I'm going to start a business doing something very specific, but mm -hmm. now I need to start, attracting and catching clients because nobody knows who yep. I am. Yep. I would, I would tap into the, I would do the exact same thing I did. I'd launch a podcast. It would be expert based where I would look at my target industry and I would say, who's, who's operating at the upper echelons of this industry. And I would pluck those people out and I would interview them and I'd pick their brain and I'd want to hear their stories. What were their, what were the things that they stumbled on? What were their failures? What were their successes? Not only would I take that then and share it with other people that aspire to be like them, but I would internalize all of those lessons and those lessons would impact the system that I use to help mm. the people that are earlier on in their journey that I'm trying to help. Um, 
So that is what I would do because it will, you will create a marketing asset by interviewing those people, but you'll also create industry connections. Mm -hmm. Um, And those connections may turn out to be clients themselves. They may refer you other clients. Um, They may just be people who will help promote you and, you know, just, just a good friend. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And, you know, one thing I'll say is, uh, you know, full disclosure, and I didn't mention this at the beginning, but I have personally worked with you. Mm -hmm. And I, 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 I thought that that would be your answer. And, and it's one of the main reasons why I've pivoted and shifted um, the focus of what I do to now Mm -hmm. it's the client catching ecosystem. And what you've just said there is very much at the core of how we get in front of new clients because Mm. most service professionals don't need thousands and thousands of clients, you know, not without a complete revamp and uh, their entire business model and structure and hiring a lot more staff. Yeah. So it's about how you first get in front of your ideal client, identify Mm -hmm. them, and then actually how you turn up as, um, you know, uh, is it the Dan Kennedy one, a welcome guest, not an annoying pest. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you are, yes, there is part of it that is, is helping you spread your word. But at the same time, you're adding value to someone by asking their opinion, interviewing them and being able to promote them and, and shine them in a good light. Exactly. And, you know, I personally am incredibly grateful for going through the process that you've described because it's helped me get to where I am today. And, you know, it's part of the, you know, it's, it's been part of what is, uh, is moving my business forward. So, um, yeah, if anyone out there is, uh, is an agency owner and, you know, really wants to, uh, you know, just get some, you know, clarity on what they're doing and just remove the, the, the clutter that's in their head, then, you know, I definitely, definitely suggest you check out what Andrew and, uh, and Gray do over at Zenpilot because it, it really is transformational. Awesome. So, um, I, I think that, um, you know, this has been incredibly powerful um and as i say not just because i've i've been through it but i think that it if nothing else it will hopefully open people's mind to what's possible Mm -hmm. and maybe just get them thinking in a little bit of a different way so you know for for anyone is resonating with you and i said you know to check you out um you know where should they go to you know learn more about you where should they go is there anything they can sort of see where where should they go to you can go to zenpilot.com and there you can learn all about what we do, our process, how it works. You can check out our podcast if you're in the agency space. Or, I mean, we get a lot of people that just want to hear about that. podcast is Agency here. Journey, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's called Agency Journey. Places. <laughs> you can look that up wherever you get your podcast. It should be there. It's not. Let me know. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, you can find me there. You can get me on LinkedIn. I spend a lot of time there. Um, yeah. Superb. Well, um, Andrew, this has been fantastic. Um, it's always great to chat, catch up. And um, I want to say thank you for, uh, for your time. And um, I know that everybody listening is going to have um, really enjoyed this episode too. So um, Andrew, Zen Pilot, happy fishing. Cheers, man. Take care. If you've enjoyed today's episode, Please help spread the word by telling a friend or simply subscribing and leaving an honest rating and review. It not only helps the show, but it also helps other business owners find the podcast so they too can start to catch more clients. So thanks for listening and see you next time.